0: Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net.
1: Sean,
2: close your eyes and open your mind.
1: You know, I try to do that, but I get wrapped in all the things that happen around me. And uh, I need to learn how to detach from all of that, especially during the, the pandemic, always something bad to, to think about. and You need a way uh, out.
2: It, it's, it's interesting that uh, when things get tough, at least for me anyway, it, it's hard to remember that there are ways to deal with it. I think we end up in a spiral, uh, not, not able to deal with certain things and, and forgetting that we, we have the control <laughs> over what we feel and how we think. And uh, yeah, it's funny as humans, we don't, don't always have the, the uh, capacity to, to recognize that, but uh, that's why others are around to help us remember and to help us learn and practice some of those things,
1: that's true. And there are certain things that work for someone better than other. There's not a one thing that fixes it all. Um, for someone, maybe go for a walk. For someone to learn how to meditate, for someone is exercise, plays an instrument. I mean, it's all a form of meditation anyway. But you know what? It works really for me. What's that? Music,
2: music. I think we yeah uh, we share the same share the same thing there, both listening and playing. Both of us
1: yeah although i'm much better at listening you are better at <laughs> i'm a better listener than a player <laughs> yeah, but you know yeah. i i try and it, it does you do all right
2: at playing it just depends on what instrument good uh, good yeah. good i think you're better at the guitar than me but that's not why we're here we're no. not talking about our uh, guitar or guitar hero skills
1: <laughs> but what we are connecting things and we i think we, we just got to the point where we can introduce our guest because this is audio signals where we talk about not necessarily about cybersecurity, technology, and society, but about what is important and inspiring for us. And when we got the idea of inviting this person to the show, I, I didn't hesitate because it is about music, is about uh, mind traveling, is about healing, and it's about I don't know, bringing people to maybe a better place. But what do I know? Let's ask him, John. You know, you know who's our guest. I know Murray, Murray
2: no. Henry, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us and, and not dropping off while
3: Marco and I do our weird thing at the beginning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's our signature thing.
3: Uh, I love it. Hi, guys. Hi, Sean. Hi, Marco. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, it's, it's good a, to have you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So um, now that uh, people are bored with us, let, let's get them riled up and excited. Uh, who is Murray? What are you up to? Uh, maybe a little a little brief history of how you arrived to your point now and what you're what you're working on now
3: yeah i mean just to pick up on where you um, where you brought us to i mean the this whole notion of you know signal and noise right like we live in a very noisy world and especially those of us that live in big cities and most of the world population now i think it's up to 70 plus percent of the world's population live in urban settings, big cities that's shifted over the decades. Um, but even in countries like China, most people have moved to big urban cities. You have cities with tens of millions of people. Um, it's a noisy world. And, uh, I think people need to find a sense of stillness, sense of peace, uh, while being and living amongst, you know, all the commotion, all the chaos. So kind of a, controlled chaos, if you will. And the question is, how can we find that signal, right? To your kind of name, audio signals, how do we find that signal, you know, through the noise? And it's not only about, oh, I'm gonna jump on a plane and go to the far side of the world and sit on an island, you know, and and have a margarita. That's nice every once in a while, but we can't always do that. Um, Nor would we want to always do that. Um, Life happens in the living of it amongst people, amongst projects, amongst doings. And it's not about removing ourselves from it to find peace. No, can we find, the question is, can we find peace, even though the conditions around us aren't always peaceful? Can we find calm when the conditions around us aren't always calm? Can we find tranquility, right? When things around us may not be tranquil at that time. That's the real question here, right? Inquiry is, like who controls our state, right? Our state moment to moment, our emotional state, our mental state, our physical state, like who controls our state? Typically people prefer the control of their state to what's happening around them, right? Uh, They're in traffic and it's not moving. Maybe they'll be late or they're just frustrated. And so their state in that moment is handed over voluntarily and freely actually to the traffic and the traffic dictates their mood and their state. They've lost their power. They've relinquished their power in that moment. You're go to visit family. And there's always someone in the family that knows how to trigger us, right? And you know, we're we're there and that person says something that just gets, sets us off. Where's our state? Who controls it? We handed it over to that family member. Um, and on and on and on. We can all think of other examples. So the real question is, can we move through life moment to moment and maintain a tranquility, a stillness of state, no matter what's happening around us? Kind of like the eye of the storm, if you will. And turns out, I think that's possible. Uh, I know it's possible. And that's something that you can cultivate. We can all cultivate. And it turns out that music is an extremely powerful way to do that, in my experience. Not just playing music, but listening to music. And that's something that anybody can do. The only skill needed is the skill of paying attention. It turns out that's a real skill. It's not, you know, just a default, like oh, I'm just listening, right? It's kind of this distinction between, you know, hearing and listening. Like, are, are you really paying attention? And music is the ultimate modality for that because it only happens in the moment. It's ephemeral. You can't touch it you can touch the instrument but you can't touch the music and so the only way to experience music is to pay attention which keeps us deeply in the present moment there's an urgency to music right you must be listening to it now because it only happens right now and right now
1: yeah there's definitely a difference it's like you know from between being still and and meditate there is a difference mm. between having the music in the background and having the music yeah. come into your mind. So I think that's, that's what yeah. you mean. And I want to go much, much deeper in this, but before we go there and I, before you tell us about your kind of like the places where you've played music, because yeah. I, I was reading your bio and it's very interesting. I have a ton of questions. I'm sure Sean, the same. Tell us a little bit about you, like, uh, I'm yeah. assuming, of course, you're a musician. You probably start really early in life. So, a little short version of how do you get uh, to where wh- what you're doing now? What the, your experience yeah, that brought you probably. here?
3: Yeah, I, I music entered my life at a very young age. I was five years old, and mom took me for my first lesson. I actually the cello was my first instrument, and the piano was my second instrument at age six, and. From that early age, I played both instruments for you know my whole childhood. Um, by the time I got to high school, I knew I wanted to be a composer, meaning I knew I, I had something to share of my own in terms of my own voice, expressing my own voice through music. Um, music was a very natural language for me. I was a pretty shy kid. I had a vast imagination and an internal world, and I found words kind of hard to put together in terms of my expression. Um, both emotionally, but kind of in, in a lot of ways. But music was more natural. I just found a real comfort sitting at the piano and just kind of playing and figuring out my own patterns and tunes and melody harmonies. And and um, I knew that being a composer was was really a calling for me. It was, uh, and that's what I ended up studying at university to be a classical composer. And at around the same time, I also discovered Eastern philosophy. Uh, Eastern meditation, particularly the Zen Buddhist tradition, but over the years I've studied many traditions, Vedic traditions from India and, and many other places, and those worlds of East and West came together; they fused together. I actually studied the repertoire of the Zen monks; they they actually played these beautiful bamboo flutes um, that were used for musical meditation. You know, in Zen, there's this. There's the sitting meditation that you might do at a monastery or at home called Zazen. You sit on your cushion and you do the Zen meditation. Uh, but in Zen Buddhism, there's also this notion of Sui Zen, S U I Zen, Sui Zen, which is moving meditation in movement, meditation in movement. That could be a walking meditation. That could be meditating while you're doing laundry or doing the dishes. It could be doing anything in life, bringing meditation off the cushion and into life. And that's what this repertoire was—that these Zen monks from this, you know, way back from the 17th and 18th century would create this beautiful, haunting uh, music, uh, prescribing even every breath uh, of where, you know, where you breathe in the music. So a really deep meditation, studying all that music on the flute, on the on the bamboo flute, the Japanese flute. I then had it then influenced my piano playing, and piano became my main instrument because as a composer, when you're creating. You have the whole orchestra there, right, with the eighty-eight keys of the keyboard, and um, and then I, you know, studied piano deeply, and uh, and that became my my regular ritual, daily ritual of sitting at the piano, uh, with this influence of the East, with the influence of this Eastern music, with the influence of these Eastern ideas uh, of what it means to have an altered state of consciousness, of what it means to you know, find that stillness, what emptiness means, all these different notions of mindfulness. And uh, the music became the pathway through which to explore that, you know, um, all those ideas. So in, in many ways, music became kind of my religion, so to speak, but it was truly my pathway to express my emotions, process my emotions, and, and also, you know, explore consciousness and the universe and our role and how we got here and, and what that all means. So Murray, I mean, there,
2: there's this, I don't know, so many questions in my mind. So the, the first one is you're a composer. Uh, you you play for others. As a musician, um, when I, so I, I performed for people before, but most of the time I do it for myself and I happen to be performing, but I did it to fulfill myself, to okay. hear what, what's created and i'm just wondering for you what's the relationship between music as a religion for yourself uh composing music do you do that for yourself or is it purposefully to help generate uh something that will impact others or to maybe describe that uh relationship for me
3: yeah yeah i mean for so many years sean i i played music just for myself. I was not playing publicly. Um, now I would compose for others, but performing, playing uh, really was my own ritual, was my own personal practice. And uh, it, it was years into it, um, you know, after, well, after I kind of developed this whole language that I improvise in to just sit at the piano, could be for 10 minutes or it could be for an hour and 10 minutes, but it was just depend on the setting. I would just sit and I would play whatever's going on for me, consciously and subconsciously. Um, you know, most of our experience is happening subconsciously. We don't even know uh, what's truly going on beneath the surface. It's kind of like, think, you know, think about it like an iceberg. You know, you have 10% above the surface visible, but 90% of the iceberg is beneath the sea. Our minds are similar in that nature, right? We have access to a small fraction of the vastness of our consciousness. And music can coax more of it into visibility into experience into uh, an unveiled state um, so it can be you know seen uh, above the water so to speak and I, and I started to really feel the benefits of that you know after university I was about 20 when uh, I wasn't sure how to make money with classical music and uh, and and I really it had a very important and personal in my life. So it wasn't like, okay, let me go write jingles for TV or commercials or things like that. That wasn't the path um, for me. Uh, you know, music had a very sacred space in my life. Uh, at the same time, I was having that conversation uh, kind of what direction in life I was going to go and kind of how was I going to pay the bills. I conversed with my older brother who was a technologist. Uh, you know, when I was going to music camp as a kid, he was going to uh coding camp. And uh, computer camp, so he and I started chatting, and it was the early days of of the dot com era of the internet in the '90s, and w- it was such a thrilling time, um, kind of like what's happening now with blockchain and crypto, and you know, and all that. But this was, you know, back in the '90s, and and I didn't know much about it, but it was so thrilling and exciting about the possibilities of what of what it could be, and so we'd both, you know. We were in our early 20s. We jumped in and started our own company. Um, it was a company called EarthWeb, uh, which about four years, four or five years later, we ended up taking public uh, on NASDAQ and in an IPO. And uh, it was a thrilling, thrilling time, uh, creating new new technologies and software and and um, you know really pushing the envelope. But music still had a huge role in my life because I actually had an I had a, in my office. I had a grand piano in my office of this tech company, and at the end of every crazy startup day, with all the fires you got to put out and all the havoc, I would sit at that piano at ten o'clock at night, and I would just play. And it reset me, it refreshed me, it refocused me, so that I can come back the next morning, you know, ready to go for whatever that day had to offer. And I just had every day. Um, eventually, you know, life throws a lot of curveballs at you, and You know, I went through the most difficult time of my life, personally tragic and difficult time with the the sudden and and tragic death of my little sister in an accident. Uh, She was only 23, and I was with her, and it was just a horrific time. And to get through that, I turned to music. That's what I knew. And I turned to music to just feel that pain out of me. And many of us go through that kind of intense grief and, you know, death and grief will touch us all. Just a question of when. Uh, those we care about, that's just what happens. And I turned to music to navigate that pain and that difficulty. And, you know, I came through the side of it, um, not just kind of surviving it, but uh, in a way, my heart was so opened, kind of cracked open by the pain and and then nurtured by the music. To really feel through it. And it was such a powerful transformation, such a powerful opening that took place that I felt I I, I then I felt compelled that I, I needed to share that with others. And that's when mind travel was born. That's when what I do was born. And eventually, now, you know, over this is now over the course of a decade and a half, two decades, but I I transitioned all the all the tech um companies I was working on over the years, about three, four companies over the years that I built and, you know, took one public, sold one, et cetera. Um, and then decided that I needed to draw a line in the sand and really focus on my music and put it out there and, and be of service. You know, there's a point I think in all of our lives where, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've built things, we've expressed ourselves in different ways. Um, And there's a point in which giving back, being of service, um, connecting with others, making a difference starts to really become important. And the level of fulfillment that you get from it, you can't match in any other way. And so that's, you know, when I dedicated my life to that and did the first concert experience. And then it just organically, word of mouth, it just grew and went, you know, from one to the next, from one venue to the next. And You know, now uh, I don't know. I think I've 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 performed hundreds upon hundreds of concerts and created immersive experiences from beaches, you know, from Santa Monica Beach to Central Park uh, and theaters all over the country, and it's just been a remarkable journey.
1: That's incredible, and I I love how you you just you're telling this story. I I don't even know why Sean and I are here because it really. (laughs) Really, uh, you know, captivating is almost like, you know, using words. It's, it's another way to to heal people. Mm. And uh, I, I mean, you're a very good storyteller. So I, I can only imagine the experience. And you just said Santa Monica and Central Park. So I'm sure both Sean and yeah. I could could come and hear He's... you. <laughs> but let, let us know when you're on one side or the other of exactly. the United States. But I know that you've been in other places like uh, uh, like Antarctica, I was reading in your bio. <laughs> that's right. And you're using your music in Saudi Arabia as well. You're using your music. I want to go to the foundation because that's where you were going. But before we get there, like tell me about this this experience and how you decide to actually go and and use the power of music also to mm-hmm. create a awareness maybe for. Um, other issues um, imagine climate change, yeah. and, and and other things. So tell me about that part, which is very important.
3: Yeah, I, I, you know, I've I've realized that music has this incredible power to open the heart. It is the language of emotion, and we even say right when we don't have the words for something, we turn to music, right? And music is this incredible multidimensional language that allows us to express things that we, we have a hard time finding the words for. And that's why music can open the heart so deeply. It can connect the heart and the mind and the body. And using music to not just heal, like I described a little earlier, but also to create a sense of uh, wonder, and i think that you know when we're kids we're deeply tethered to wonder and the imagination but then something happens right at some point i don't know we we become adults whatever that means and we we lose that tethering to wonder or or we experience it much more infrequently right it's fewer and far between so you know my aspiration with the concerts and experiences i create Uh, is to connect people to that sense of wonder, to that experience of wonder. Uh, Nature can connect us to wonder. Uh, Other people in the audience, there's wonder there. Uh, Wonder resides within each person, so the music can connect us to our deepest selves. And so that's the opportunity, is to be in touch with that. And then and then yes, there's awareness to be had um, about issues both locally and globally that we can then point attention to, and by opening people's hearts, right, they could care more about it. And until people care about an issue, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to action, no matter how intellectually they might agree or whatever. So take an issue, you know, like climate change. It's a very pressing and and you know, important issue that we all have to contend with, like all of us. And you look at a place like Antarctica, it seems like, well, that's, you know, the far side of the world, who cares what happens there? Well, it turns out that what happens in Antarctica affects us everywhere in the world. Um, Most of our oxygen, the air we breathe, it turns out, the oceans. And you have the largest populations of phytoplankton, little plant in the in the Southern sea. And, uh, you know, that's what krill feeds on, which is what seals and whales and penguins feed on. And turns out these little phytoplankton generate over half the oxygen that we breathe. So imagine if the climate gets threatened, the ocean levels, uh, the temperatures rise and the phytoplankton start to die off because they can't survive in the warmer temperatures. Then our actual oxygen supply starts to get threatened. This is just the cause and effect. This is just the domino effect of causes. And it's an opportunity to, uh, you know, reverse that, hopefully. But until we get it and until we feel it and care about it, we won't really change. So I went there and I brought my piano and we mounted the first piano concert on the continent of Antarctica. There's this gorgeous piano on the ice with hundreds and hundreds of penguins in the background and a human audience of people that were on the ship, about 100 plus people. And we used music to connect with the landscape, Use music to be in conversation, if you will, with that gorgeous, vast landscape. And you can't, I don't care who you are, if you were sitting there, you can't help but feel a deep, primal connection to everything around you, where everything within you that you thought at some point might have been separate because you live in, you know, some house in, you know, in, in California or an apartment in L.A. or in New York. Uh, no, you're not separate. You are deeply tethered to this land, even though it's at the South Pole. So it moves you. It shifts you. It changes you. And then you you care. And if you care, there's a chance that you might take some kind of action personally in your own life or in some bigger way. So that's the purpose of it, you know? And we then, of course, filmed it, recorded it, and we'll be releasing that. And even from the comfort of your home, you watch it and you see the nature and you see the life there and you see the stillness that's there. Amongst all the incredible diversity in music and the music of the landscape, it's just, it, it can't help but move you, even from the comfort of your own home, which, you know, that's the whole point, right? Only a handful of people are going to be able to go to Antarctica, but we can all, right, be moved by watching a video and listening to the music that, that we recorded there. So, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the driving force behind the work I do.
2: And Murray, I mean, this is—you describe the uh, driving wonder to uh, to get get a sense of purpose, right? To get people to to, to move and do something, and, and that's for it isn't just for themselves, right? It's for others. So, talk talk to us a little bit about the foundation and who who it's designed to help. And I, I think it's important to note. Maybe you can expand on it a little bit that that music kind of is a, a universal language right if we're if we're looking at it in terms of a way to communicate but it's also a universal feeling i think when you're describing that that sense of wonder and the connection to the land we probably maybe we have little nuanced differences of what uh, what strikes us but that that feeling is probably also common right and then the desire to do something after having that feeling is probably also common. Can you can you kind of share? I know I asked a lot there. What that no. that commonality and then yeah. who who it's what the action is and who that's for.
3: Yeah, no, that right. And you know, when you know when we talk about nature, right, there there are, there are even people, Sean, who say, Oh yeah, I like nature, or no, I don't like the outdoors, or you know, like there's people who actually say that. And again, that reinforces this illusion that We are separate from nature. And in no way is that the case. We are part of the natural process that is the universe. We we are not separate as, as insulated as we make ourselves through our structures and institutions and societies and cultures. We are part of nature, part of the planet, part of the universe, right? My body, your body is made of four primary, you know, atomic structures you know molecular structures right it's you know it's hydrogen and oxygen and carbon and nitrogen that's what makes you up that's what makes me up and everyone else in the world and turns out that's what the whole universe is made up of so it's just shifting energy intelligence vibration moving through the uh and we're just a part of that and so it is about exposing that connection Music does that, music is the language of vibration. And so what better way to feel the connection of all things than through the language of the universe, which is vibration, which is music. Now, the foundation is really about bringing this experience to those who you know, may be in an, an underprivileged situation. Not everybody can afford to, you know, get a ticket to a theater, to a location that I do this in. So we have the foundation to bring the music, to bring the experience to them. I've brought this to countless seniors um, who are bedridden, who will probably live out the days, you know, in this facility. And I want them to have this deep experience, this deep healing experience, connective experience. And so I bring the piano and I bring all of it to the senior home, to the nursing facility, um, and, and many other situations like that. Uh, also with cultures, um, you know, as you, as you mentioned correctly, music is an international language, um, especially the music that, uh, that I create. Uh, it's, it's not a specific style. Um, it doesn't have lyrics to it that might not translate Uh, It's, there's an abstraction to it. It's kind of like looking at an abstract piece of art, right? You can kind of place the details you want into it. So if you have a cultural uh, context from another part of the world, you know, for instance, I, I went to Saudi Arabia most recently to, to create this experience, a very different culture than what I grew up in, um, on every level, uh, from a geographical point of view, it's different from a cultural point of view, from a religious point of view. Uh, so many levels, it's different. And yet in the desert of Saudi Arabia, uh, I created an experience for locals there. And it, those people couldn't have looked more different than, you know, where I come from in terms of their dress, in terms of, uh, all of it, their language. And yet they were as still as can be during, during the experience during the concert. They really went on the train. They went on the ride and they opened their minds their hearts, through the music to the moment. And then afterwards came up to me and wanted to share their gratitude and expression. And I'm sure it's the first time they've ever heard anything like that, uh, experienced anything like that. And yet it was natural and easy because music, all you have to do is be in the listening, just pay attention. all they had to do and of course i had you know my co-conspirators of nature right and and all of it around me so so it was uh it was beautiful to witness and it's not just places like saudi arabia but across you know the us i didn't want to just bring this to you know new york miami los angeles san francisco right the kind of hotbeds of mindfulness if you will or where these things are more prevalent uh, no, I, I I've taken this cross country several times on tour, going to you know places like Detroit, uh, going to places like Nashville, Memphis, Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, I've taken it to Mobile, Alabama, to Galveston, Texas, uh, taking it to the heart of this country, and finding that same connection, that same human arc, right? No matter where you're from, like we all have the same human experience, the arc of the human experience, just at different times and different ways with different details. And the music is the soundtrack for that. The music can tell that story. So as
1: we start wrapping here, although I think the, the next thing I'm going to do is to go listen to your music. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 I listen to a lot of music. I was saying at the beginning and uh, you know, I like good headphones, and I, I yeah. spend more money than what I should in, in actually listening to music. But there are people that are, for many reasons, for many you know, life brought them somewhere else. Maybe detached from music. Mm. Maybe they they can't afford that. Maybe they don't even have the energy the mental energy to think about it. I was reading about your foundation. And so the video that you have on YouTube where you go to senior and people that experience trauma and and, and you just go there and and show them that there is this thing. And I, I like to hear your emotions when when you do something like this. And where are you going with, uh, with this? Like mm-hmm. what is ahead?
3: Yeah, I mean it's, um, you know, sometimes it's you feel a heartbreak, you know, when you're with people that are just having kind of such struggle in life, physically and 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 also emotionally, people going through stuff. But at the same time, when you see a possible shift that takes place, and opening, it's so heartwarming, and uh, and that's really what 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 I do this for, um, you know, whether someone is you know, has a very difficult physical, you know, struggle or someone's dealing with grief or trauma or whatever it is. And, and look, we all are experiencing, you know, micro traumas in our own lives all the time. It doesn't have to be something, you know, massive. Um, Even all of us coming through the pandemic, which is something the whole world went through. We all have our own micro traumas around that. Um, So I I think, I think there's a place for this in in everyone's life. Uh, You know, the notion of meditation has, course, gotten very, very popular all around the world and, uh, you know, around the country here. And, but, you know, for some people, it's very challenging. Like you said, you know, they just can't, they can't do it. They don't think they're doing it right. They can't focus. Uh, they can't sit still in silence. Um, and I get that, you know, it's, it, it poses a challenge. What's incredible about music and this music in particular is that when you put your headphones on, um, y- you know, the brain works. Marco, in, in a, an additive way. What I mean by that is you can't tell the brain to stop thinking about something. It, it doesn't work that way, right? If I tell you to, right, the, the proverbial stop thinking of a pink elephant, right? It's just, yeah. it's just that's sitting there right now. But, <laughs> yep. but, it's, right, but it's sitting there. I can't tell you to remove it, right? But it's sitting there until something else is introduced to replace it, right? So you can't subtract, but you can add the simulation of the patterns of music that I use, they are introducing moment to moment something for the brain to pay attention to, which means if it's paying attention to the music, then it is not generating this incessant stream of random thoughts, that is the soundtrack of most people's heads. And so you're staying in it. And again, all you got to do is listen. There's no technique. There's no mantra. There's no special breathing you have to do. You just have to sit and listen. Lie down even and listen. It doesn't get easier. And just go on the ride. And what I've found and what I've heard from so many thousands and thousands of people is that they're able to stay in it and go somewhere very profound, very deep. Because they've, they're able to, to get past the noise in their head. They're able to get past the anxiety which is this incessant thought and stress and all of that, the worrying and just get to a place of presence. Very powerful, very healing, right? And very creative. From there, all kinds of possibilities arise. So that's that—that's what we're getting at with this. And it's very accessible. Very accessible.
2: And I love that, Murray. And uh, I think what you're describing is kind of getting out of your own way, right? <laughs> Le- leaving yourself open. I,
3: I, Sean, I say that all the time. Yeah. I say that all the time. That's exactly what I say. I think I may we, have read so that. It's so easy somewhere. to point the finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easy to point the finger at other situations, circumstances, people that are, quote unquote, causing us, you know, uh, yep. our obstacles in, in life. And, and no, the, the answer is we're always in our own way. Uh, whether it's the beliefs we have, the thoughts we have, right? We're just getting in our own way. So we use music. We use these experiences to reflect, to lead an examined life, right? Like Socrates said, Socrates said, the the unexamined life is not worth living, right? And so by leading an examined life, by reflecting, we can open up new possibilities. And now we lead a deliberate life, a life that we love, and that we actually are thriving in that that's what this is all about.
2: Yep. I, I love it. And I, I can totally see where music can be the, the, the first thing to replace the, the, the negativity or whatever the, the, the mm-hmm. unwanted thoughts are so that you then can, can un, uncover and discover the goodness that you want in, uh, in your travel and in your journey. And, uh, as marco said i think it, it's time to uh to wrap here and, and uh enjoy some some music i'm tempted to ask you to play but i think we'll, we'll just let folks we'll we'll include links to the show notes um and yeah if you folks, and if you want
3: i can provide a uh, i'll provide a I'll provide a recording i send you and you can even put a little bit a minute or two here at the end if you like
1: and of course i, I, I let me know when you're going to play Next time on the beach here in LA, and uh, uh, be sure to to show up and uh, and, and participate somehow. But uh, again, and in
2: Central Park here, in the, yeah, yeah. So I'm you okay. have
1: you have two new fans here.
2: That's right. Uh, wonderful. On I, I look
1: forward to meeting what? you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we thank you so much. Yeah, this was a very inspiring, most. very inspiring conversation. And Sean, as usual, I mean, this time actually not usual. We 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 will stay tuned because we will play something from uh, from uh, murray here and uh and for everything else links to youtube to all your channel the foundation and everything there are notes uh, in the podcast notes here on audio signals and uh we hope you enjoy this conversation and enjoy the music and uh stay tuned for yeah. the oh, next great journey, uh, adventure
2: exactly thank you murray thank you both
0: Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com